decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Gentlemen. Jeff always reminding me to hit record before we start. It's so I do the same thing. I don't think my text went all the way through yet, though. Oh, re- <laughs> I, I was not recording, so thank you for... Oh, Larry, uh, you almost did it again. Almost Twice did. in a row. <laughs> I, I am exhausted today. I had... It's like just getting old, I guess, or whatever, but I just could not sleep last night and, and why couldn't you sleep last night uh just getting old because things Normal. got a little things got a little rowdy at the work function is what i'm told <laughs> I, I forgot i told you guys that yeah <laughs> that was part of it yes for sure but i did not sleep well and then long day at work a lot of like heavy i got my stuff done but it was tougher than normal and now i'm like yeah anyway we don't get Larry slumming on on air very often, so so no. drink this in, enjoy. Yeah, well, we we planned this show because of a certain something that may be happening Wednesday night that we knew was going to happen in a certain way, and we tried to line it up so Deshaun Harris Smith could be on the show with us. We couldn't work the timing, and then we're like, let's just do the show anyway. So we're still going to attempt for that. I'm going to try to get that next week for you guys. Yeah, we'll, get him. we'll get him soon. That was, that was going to be the intent of this week's show. We couldn't get it, but there's still enough good news and football coming up. And we have another great guest anyway. Really, really cool guest guy named Adam Finkelstein. He is the director of scouting at 24-7 Sports, the college basketball insider at CBS Sports headquarters. He's at Adam Finkelstein on Twitter. And a funny story. I was a childhood model. I did, have I, did I ever tell you guys this? And um, <laughs> I, I swear to God. Tell us, but I assumed it. I assume Wait. I was. I swear what? to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I was a childhood model. I have pictures. It's hilarious. Um, and the, the company that I did most of the modeling for, not all of it, but that I did most of the modeling for that uh, was called Finkelstein's. 
it was a, a clothing store in Baltimore, Maryland when I was growing up. <laughs> and, um, it's I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was a child. Of okay, mine. we need look. We need to put this in a box and then get back to it at another <laughs> at another more convenient <laughs> yeah. time. Because I, like I'm I'm not letting <laughs> that go. I have. I'll show. Do you want to see the pictures? I'll embarrass oh, I, myself. Oh, I believe you. You're pretty. You're you're a gorgeous man, Lawrence. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> No, I'm not, like, but okay. This was this is not like a thing that I just expected to be dropped on us like you know um, two minutes before a live interview. Let me ask you a question. Someone named Jonathan Shapiro is trying to enter the room. Is that, that is. possibly Adam Finkelstein? Should I admit uh, Jonathan? Well, let's find Shapiro? out. Let's let's just oh, let's find out. It. All right, live. Here we yeah, go. This is alias. Maybe yeah. it is. <laughs> this is I don't this is unprecedented. Yeah. I don't I don't know who it is. Oh, it is Adam. Can you hear us? Adam, how you doing? Can you hear us? What's up, guys? Hey, so we were curious because I got a pop-up saying Jonathan Shapiro is trying to enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. No, I'm at a I'm at a friend's house, so I gotta try and change that name. <laughs> okay, no, we were just gonna fake we were just gonna let Jonathan <laughs> Shapiro in and just like, yeah. he had to offer, you know. <laughs> Really, like, who's this? Yeah, we'll we'll go with the flow. Like, let's see what happens. Spot lady on IMS Radio. Hey, man, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. As I was telling everybody a second ago, Adam here is uh, the director of scouting at Twenty Four Seven Sports and College Basketball Insider at CBS Sports Headquarters at Adam Finkelstein on Twitter. And uh, Adam, I everyone's really excited at Maryland right now. Obviously, for As good they reason. Should be. Right, for good yeah. reason. Uh, and the question is for Maryland fans who are greedy is this a sustainable thing that's going on here? Something Maryland fans can look forward to for years to come? Or is this the new coach bump? What's your viewpoint on that? Well, you know, the only way it was going to be sustainable was to get it started on the right foot to begin with. And, you know, what he has accomplished right now is somewhat, I mean, you guys would have a better historical context than I would, but it's somewhat unprecedented because for years we've always heard like, Hey, if Maryland is able to keep everybody at home, they'll be this, they'll be that. Um, and now they're finally doing it. And this comes in a 2023 class that is going to be followed up by a 24 class that has a tremendous amount of talent. I mean, I think the DMV, DMV is always a talent rich region, but in the class of 2024, it's potentially the most talented region in the country. So I think you're looking at a, at a scenario where, um, you know, you could do this again next year and not even necessarily have to have as, as much of a clean sweep as they did this year, but you could still get, you know, a handful of impactful guys from the region next year. And in so doing your recruiting momentum, it starts to grow because right now they've got a ton of cachet locally, but these are also names that resonate nationally. And so um, it, it's, it's the most organic way to build your recruiting profile to start at home and then expand uh, beyond that. And so I think it makes a lot of sense. Is it sustainable that you get, you know, the three guys you want every single year? Probably not. But is it sustainable that you can build a program with a large percentage of your impact players from your backyard in the DMV? Absolutely. Adam, you first off, we're glad to have you on. You've been a, a great addition to 24-7. Us basketball sites, you know, these things tend to be football-focused, 90% of them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's great to have you boosting up our coverage. First off, I want to say that. 
Second, you know, you've written a lot about Kaiser and Harris Smith, but for those who have not read your stuff, how would you kind of break down their games of two, the two top 50 guys they just added? So, you know, this is what I would say about them individually. Kaiser is a, is a big-bodied wing. He's 6'6". He's a former fo- football player who's kind of built like that, but he's really developed his basketball skill set. He shoots it really well. He understands how to utilize his size to score over people in the mid-range area. He can go into the post and post smaller wings or guards, depending on his matchup. I think he's going to have defensive versatility up the lineup in terms of his ability to switch on to bigger guys. Um, you know, he's not going to going to wow you with his foot speed because, again, he's a he's a bigger bodied kid. But physicality, toughness, skill set and the work ethic is, is really what his game is based on. Um, Harris Smith is an elite worker. I mean, we're talking about some of the, the very best intangibles in the entire country. Um, six foot four lefty. He's powerful. He plays as hard, if not harder, than anyone in the uh, 24-7 rankings. Um, he can take the ball off the defensive glass and start the break. He is not, you know, his skill set isn't, he's not naturally skilled. You're not going to watch him shoot the ball and be like, oh, that's beautiful. But he's made himself, worked his way into someone who can make a spot-up shot. He definitely gets downhill. He dares people to get in his way, draws a ton of contact. Defensively, he's versatile just because of how hard he plays. So, again, not the most lightning quick guy, but he's long, he's strong, he's physical, and he really takes pride in the defensive end of the floor. Now, collectively, what you kind of see with this group is you see the toughness. Willard was known for two things at at Seton Hall. He wanted skill and he wanted toughness. The thing he's added to that now that he's at Maryland is positional size. So you've got three players in the class who can play and defend multiple positions. And I wrote this in one of the articles. You know, everybody talks about positionless basketball, and it's really just a marketing tool. Nobody actually plays positionless basketball. It's just something you tell, it's just something you tell recruits so you don't have to tell them they're a center or a power forward. But this is a, this is a group that honestly is going to yield itself more to that type of philosophy than you know, the vast majority of others in college basketball, because these guys can all play and defend multiple positions. So one through four, which is how Willard's teams like to switch, they're going to be able to do that. Hey, Adam, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate your coverage on 24 seven sports. Um, one of the things when Kevin was hired at Maryland, I think most, most of us were fairly well, um, fairly happy with the hire, knowing that that guy's been able in not such a great place uh, where you can recruit, but the guy knows how to coach basketball, right? Yeah. I think our biggest concern was, could he recruit at an elite enough level at Maryland? Would he get that bump up being in a better situation with better facilities, better cachet with the program, uh, local recruiting ties, things like that, that he'd be able to take that jump as a basketball coach as well. I know you, you know, obviously on top of the commits, you talk to a lot of people out in, in the recruiting world, other, you know, kids who are just coming up. What's the feel about Willard as a recruiter and his ability, you know, not only personally, but with the local ties that his assistant coaches have to kind of take that next step and keep being able to pull in those top 75, top 50 kids? Well, in this day and age, the ability to be a national recruiter it's about more than just your connections or your charisma these days, because right now so much starts with NIL and what's, what's the opening offer. You know, if, if everybody in your team's making 20 and everybody in the team, 20 miles down the road's making 110, it's kind of a non-starter, even if a kid would love to play for you. So I think that some of that has been negated a little bit by, by the, the impact of NIL. So I think 
what as a consequence becomes even more important is your ability to have, you know, almost a CEO type mentality in terms of putting all those pieces together. Um, and beyond, and part of that is putting together your staff. And I think he really did a tremendous job with that. Um, bringing in the guys he did, keeping continuity, uh, in terms of bringing one guy with him from Seton Hall, at least on the road, and then adding two, two guys who could really dig into the, uh, the local roots and the local relationships. And so, you know, I always go back to this, like, People act like they know who's going to be a national recruiter. You really don't. I mean, remember when Nate Oates got hired at Alabama? Everybody's saying he can't recruit here. I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. You know, I mean, same thing, Mike Woodson at Indiana, like, oh, he's not going to be able to recruit. Well, turns out he can't. So, you know, the relationships are important, but having being able to operate your organization with that CEO type of mentality, especially in the day and age of NIL, is, I think, even more important. Adam. Jamie Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith have a wide disparity in their ranking between 24-7 and the composite. There are a lot of people, particularly on the Inside Maryland Sports Message Board, who focus very heavily on these rankings. What are they mad about? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they're, they're not mad at the 24-7 rankings because they just – the most recent recruits both got bumped into the top 50. Right. But with, with the wide disparity – do you think that's just because the other sites haven't updated yet? And then where do you think that might happen? And where do you think they'll end up in the end overall in the composite? You know, generally speaking, um, I, I never want to say anything disparaging about any other outlet. Um, what I can tell you, having worked at ESPN for 12 years, is that they typically update their rankings less frequently than others. Um, I don't think they've they've done their update yet this year. I think that's coming out uh, in the in the near future. Um, and, you know, what I will say, generally speaking, about anybody's, whether it's rankings or ratings or any sort of assessment, is there's a few things you need to be credible in my mind. Um, one is you have to be uh, you have to have some some context. You know, I mean, what have you done to earn the the designation of being an expert? Have you coached on that level? Have you scouted on that level? Do you have years of credibility? Do you have, you know, whatever it is. Then, then second thing is you have to have the sweat equity of, in terms of being in the gym early, often, and seeing these guys enough to really make an educated hypothesis. Because when you're projecting a futures market, that's what you're doing. It's a hypothesis. And then last but not least is you, you have to be, um, you have to make sure you don't have any bias. And, um, you know, I, I felt like when I was at ESPN that, that, you know, we were, we accomplished those things for the 10 plus years I was there. Um, you know, I, I still have respect for them, but, um, in terms of, you know, you, you have to check those boxes for me to, you know, pay much attention to the, the rankings or the ratings to be totally honest. Uh, so like you said, Adam, position lists is, you know, there's some truth to it as opposed to like 30 years ago, but it's not a, you know, it's not an exact thing. You obviously you still need guys to fit certain roles. So looking at the two guys they just got, uh, you know, we know Kaiser can play the two or the three. Um, we know that obviously Harris Smith has been kind of a combo. So my question is to you, do you think Harris Smith is capable of becoming a full-time point guard and do you think Kaiser could maybe play some small ball four to give them more flexibility? Yeah, I, I admittedly don't view Harris Smith as a, as a point guard, you know, Travis Branham on our staff is, is really a believer in his guard skills. And I think this is one of the good things about our group is like, you know, rational minds can have, you know, different of opinion to me, 
Um, his right hand needs a lot of work. Now, I will say this. One of the things that Kevin Willard is best known for, and rightfully so, is his skill development program. So is it out of the realm of possibility that a year or two down the road, he evolves into more of a big lead guard? No, that's, that's certainly not impossible, um, given his work ethic and given Willard's um, ability to develop talent. However, like right at the moment, this is like a grab-and-go playmaker on the wing, in my opinion. He takes the defensive rebound. He pushes the ball himself. If you look at the majority of the lineups he played with last year, he was out on the floor with two other guards. Um, again, doesn't mean he can't grab and go. Doesn't mean he can't play make for others. It just means you want multiple ball handlers, multiple playmakers, and ideally multiple shooters on the floor at one time. And that is how you win in modern day college basketball. So a lot of these kids get consumed about what position do I play this and that. And the reason why coaches use terms like positionless is because they need four of those guys on the court at any one time. And the only way to do it is to make sure they're not telling one of them they're the power forward or the small forward. You just got to you got to get them out there and get them to share the ball and and uh, and move it. So, and if you're switching everything one through four defensively anyway, then it really just becomes about like the, the terminology you're using so that you know you're not alienating these kids because you know, like I said, Harris Smith he played with two guards with with takeover for for most of the uh, for most of the summer, and um, and you know and a credit to him, he's capable of, of switching on to, to four men in most cases, maybe not in all cases in the big 10, but um, you know, he's got that type of, of strength and versatility. So I could see these guys on the perimeter playing with a more conventional four man. I could also see him playing with a more conventional point guard. I think that's the point is that they offer premium versatility and that is far more valuable than whatever positional label any anybody wants to try and like squeeze them into these guys are all multi-positional yeah adam nothing gets people more fired up than rankings and when we're lucky enough to have guys like you on i always like to ask when you're doing your rankings um for 24 7 sports you in the group what is the ranking symbolic of in your mind are you talking about NBA potential? Are you talking about college potential? Some mix of both? You know, when I look at a kid, you know, it wasn't really a choice for Maryland. But if you look at them recruiting an El Marco Jackson and a uh, Deshaun Harris Smith, Jackson's a pretty much more of a point guard recruit. He's got the level, the, the body and the athleticism that might be a one and done type player. Whereas Harris Smith, you might be looking at a two or three year college guy, maybe point guard, maybe, maybe on the wing. Yeah. You know, what's the better, what's the better recruit if you're going to aim for, you know, a program changing guy? Like that's the things I just like to think in, about and dig into when I got you guys well, on. Those, those are sometimes two different questions. Like how do you, how do you rank them versus who's the better recruit? Um, I can tell you how I approach rankings and that, that is that I, I look at it like we're projecting a futures market. Um, I, my, my, when I rank players, it is not based on who I think is the best AAU player this summer. Um, certainly from that standpoint, there wouldn't be 37 or whatever it was players higher than Deshaun Harris Smith. I think at the top of it, when people look back on rankings five, 10 years from now, um, they want to see the NBA prospects at the top of the list. So at the very top of the rankings, I think that has to be the criteria, the ones who have the highest long-term ceiling as you get lower down the rankings, that becomes less of a factor because either they don't have the same potential or it's, it's just, you know, it hasn't come to the surface yet because different prospects emerge at different stages along the way. So, uh, but certainly I think that that highest, highest uh, ceiling in, in long-term um, scope is, is the most important factor at the top. And then you're trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, the most impactful college player. 
And I think you have to view that as, as um, you know, probably as a freshman in most cases. So to be honest with you, it's why the rankings pro- process is a little flawed because you're trying to combine a number of variables into just one number um, and account for, like I said, a few different criteria. So from the perspective of a, of a college coach, nobody's done this study, but I think it'd be really interesting. Like you could, you could make the argument that you're better off recruiting guys between 50 and hundred because they're more likely to stay for two and three years. And what they are as a college junior is going to be better than what a top 25 college freshman is. Um, you know, somebody smarter than me could do that math though. <laughs> I have a follow up on that. Sure. Another thing that is very prominent thought on the Maryland message board, particularly when it comes to football, but also basketball, does the player's offer list and where he ultimately commits affect the player's rating? Or do you no, try? No, that is that. Is, can I swear on this podcast? Because that's show, that, please. That, that is, is total bullshit. That okay, total bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted to give you the opportunity to say it because a lot of people have that belief, right? No. And, and I mean, I'll admit something here to the contrary. Like if somebody goes to a smaller school where, you know, they're going to be required, be required to take on a marquee role right off the bat. That's something that I may put like, again, when you talk about projecting their college impact, I'm much more interested in like, what do I learn about your priorities? And, um, you know, based on your college impact, like, are you going to a place where you know you're going to get pushed and worked on? Or are you going to a place where you just got like the biggest payday or, or what was it? So, you know, the whole narrative about like, oh, we committed to Kentucky. So they, you know, they, um, they, he went up in the rankings. Like you may not be watching too closely then if that, cause that's, that's not what happens. Um, you know, and so no, I think, but the other thing is rankings have to be a reflection of the market to a certain extent. So that like, if a kid is going up in the rankings, it's very logical that he's generating more recruitment. That's just, you know, that seems to me to be rational common sense. So there's going to be some, some, um, there's going to be some correlation, but it's not a matter of like, oh, he committed to this school. He's going up. Like, I don't care where El Marco Jackson goes. I think he's one of the top point guards in the country, whether he goes to, to Maryland or UCLA or wherever, um, you know, that's, that's just, you know, I just, and all that is to me is like, you know, angry fan talk of like, you know, the, the, some of like the, the negativity of Twitter and I'm all for like answering fan questions, but half of it is just aren't legitimate questions, you know? Yeah. All right, Adam, one thing we do with everybody comes on the show, we play a game called fill in the blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Yep. One next player to commit to the university of Maryland will be. Oh boy. No pressure there. Is there a, pa- is there a pass option here? Uh, Help him out, Jeff. Yeah, uh, what is, how about, what do you think about the Abate kid? Do you have a feel for his recruitment? You know, it's uh, the uh, PSA Cardinals and Putnam science kid. He's just, you know what he is? He's a throwback four man who really plays hard, rebounds the ball. I think he would fit with this group. Um, he's not, however, the floor spacer that I think I would typically associate with Willard's teams at the, at the four position. Okay. The farthest Maryland will go in the tournament under Kevin Willard will be? There'll be a national championship contender. Nice. The top five conferences in college basketball this oh, year God. in order are... <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Um, you should really share these questions ahead of time. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the point is there. Yeah, I, I admittedly haven't dove into that. I can tell you the top five point cards in the country in order if you want. But, Go ahead do that uh, then. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Collier, El Marco Jackson, Robert Dillingham. Um, and then, then it was a battle after that. Okay. If you ever made a social media post about something else besides college basketball, would it be, what would it be? Because I could not find one. So no, it, you know what it tends to be uh, with me? It tends to be like some, some health related stuff, like a, you know, like a meditation thing or a book I'm reading or something like that. Every once in a while, I, I, I mix some of that in there. Okay. Last one. If all the basketball analysts for 24 seven sports are thrown into a Royal rumble, the winner would be Travis Branham. All right. Very <laughs> nice. He'll be happy to hear that. Maybe we'll get him yeah. on the show. We'll see what he says about the same thing. Yeah, right. yeah. Adam, we asked one more thing. If everybody comes on the show, would you do us a favor sure. and say, this is Adam Finkelstein and you're listening to IMS radio. This is Adam Finkelstein and you're listening to <laughs> IMS radio. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, it was a 50, 50 shot. Yeah. Hey, you know Finkelstein. I, I appreciate your guys' flexibility with me here. I wanted to make this work for you. So we're obviously doing it outside and, and trying to make this work. So I appreciate your flexibility. Your fan base has been awesome. I know they're, they're excited. They got a lot to be excited about. Um, and I wanted to make sure I was able to get on here with you guys. So thank you for your uh, flexibility here. Cool. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for joining us. Nice All right. Thank you. That was Adam Finkelstein, not <laughs> Finkelstein, like the department store that I modeled for. We needed we needed to, to check <laughs> check the uh, the Wikipedia pronunciation guide before we came on. But I uh, mean, I'm sure half the people with that name pronounce it one way and half yeah it way. Yeah. Now that I, I I normally would give Larry shit over things like that, but I'm not I'm not. That's gonna, a tough one. I'm gonna hit you on that. That's that's yeah. That's How did a you mess that 50, up? 50 shot. Yeah. Uh, I had to throw in the question about the the follow up question about whether they get no that that was good I think I think the football guys are way more to blame for that type of thing oh, yeah. than, than the basketball guys just by it's just the sheer numbers That's because with football, football yeah with football you're dealing with I mean thousands and thousands of kids so if you get some like you know eighty three recruit who you know gets a gets a committable offer from Alabama then sure you this? might. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly. Yeah, exact, per, you know, exact thing I was talking about, you know, then, yeah, you're going to probably re reevaluate that kid based on an offer. I think with basketball, to be fair to those guys, you know, they know all the kids that matter and, you know, it kind of is what it is. But before real quick, before we go and everybody watching right now, do us a favor and, and give us a like on here, like our YouTube channel, follow us on YouTube, please. We're trying to subscribe, to please yes. help. Uh, Who's the who's the poster on InsideMarylandSports.com who just constantly badgers Brian Don about the ratings and consistently uh, blames recruit ratings on like oh, is, it, like a is that he he who shall not be named Jeff he's banned I got rid I kicked him out oh you yeah. did <laughs> yeah okay I couldn't remember his name anyway so. Um, no, you, you, you did the Lord's work, Lawrence. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad we had that. I, I, I got to ask that question though, because it always, it's always tough for me to wonder, um, 
you know, with the rankings, like what are they really ranking? Are they ranking like their ability in college, you know, or is it like just, you know, are the top 20 guys just also going to be the guys with NBA bodies? Not, yeah. you know, so they do it by pro potential, which I thought for years was dumb because the people following the rankings are college fans. They want to know how good they're going to be at college. And I still am not, don't love it, but now that there's so many other avenues. Yeah. You know, so you have these kids going to the G league and, overtime elite and this and that now I think it makes a little more sense because it's more of a mix of guys who are going to go to college and go pro but I still think I still kind of feel like since they're mostly written for you know college sports fans I still kind of feel like they should be but you know I get maybe well, it's, I'm it's, not a guru it's tough though right because you know if you're like trying to rank a you know Tyler Hansbro right you know he's six eight stuck to the ground you know he's not going to have a big NBA potential, but he's like the perfect college player. Yeah. Like, are you ranking that guy, you know, over, uh, you know, I forget who the better NBA players were at this time, but, you know, Brand? potential guys. Was he at that time? No, I mean, you're talking mid 2000s. So, like, I don't know. Um, you, that's not Damian Lillard or anything. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, like, are you, rank, are you ranking a Hansbro who's like the perfect college player who's probably going to be there four years over like a guy who's going to be one and done? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you kind of work that. So. I mean, he's a million percent right, though. It is a better formula to get a really good top 50 or top 70 guy than a top, to me, to get a top 10 guy if he's going to be one and done. You get, you know, he mentioned that they'll be much better as a junior and that guy's a freshman. But in addition to that, you're also getting those two extra years of production out of them. Mm-hmm. So well, that's you know, that's why I'm that's why I'm so excited about these three kids because every single one of them has like a flaw, like like the at least something where like you can imagine them having to stick around for two or three years, probably in the best case scenario. You know, Kaiser's a little too big for a guard, you know, a little too slow for a six, seven, you know, NBA wing, but he's really good. You know, a little too small to be a to be a banger. You know, Harris Smith, like you talked about, he doesn't have any right hand. He's got to work on that. He's probably going to need a point guard's game for the NBA, and he just doesn't have that right now. But like, they're good players. Like they can yeah. play basketball, and you could imagine them having a whole hell of a lot of fun in College Park for a couple of years before you even have to start worrying about that type of thing. Yeah. Well, we're since we started with a basketball guest, let's finish up basketball. We'll do, we do have some good football stuff to talk about too. Nine days from the season. But Jeff, I was looking at the 24-7 sports, the targets page for Maryland, if you, if you look at that. And it seems as though the rest of the 2023 class, El Marco Jackson, Mohamed Diabate, Papa Conte, and then possibly Derek Queen reclassifying into 2023. Is that right? Those are the four. Is there anybody else I'm missing there? There's a Juco center named Okachukwu Okiki, or OK, I don't know how you pronounce it. O-K-E-K-E. Like the kid who went, uh, same last name as a kid from Auburn a couple of years ago who was, uh, who's in the NBA now. He's really athletic. Juco guy might be the perfect kind of combo at the five with the, uh, with these guys. So he's definitely way up there on the list, but that's the main suspects right now. The list is kind of dwindling down, which makes sense. Cause you probably only have two to three spots, two for now. 
as we know, somebody's going to transfer or whatever else or go to the NBA or whatever it might be. But um, so, yeah, that's the list is starting to, to get a little thin now, now that they've gotten these guys on board. And I think Dubate, the, the forward from New York, is the one to really keep an eye on. They really want him as the next guy in the class. He'll be visiting uh, in mid-September. So, yeah. I thought it'd be fun to kind of do a little experiment with the class calculator. You want to try that? Watch sure. it. Okay. Just don't say, as you guys can see, for the, right. for the on. Uh... <laughs> I am sharing the inside, inside Maryland Sports 24-7 Sports class calculator. You guys can see. So right here, it's got Kaiser, Harris, Smith, and Lamont in there as a three. This guy is going to join. Well, before that, we do that. Let's look at the overall rankings. The overall rankings, sorry, that's 2022. 2023, Maryland sitting at eighth with 55.24. If you add in Dubate, now they're at 60.27. That bumps them up to seventh. Then if you go to 2024, and you look at Derek Queen's rating, 0.9955 center, number 10 in the country. And then you go back and find someone compatible from 2023, and we add him in. Let's just see who. Um, good. Aaron Bradshaw, 0.9961 center. Um, so we'll add him as the comparable. Yeah, don't put in Kwame Evans. That, that's a little too close to home. <laughs> 65.27 if both of those things happen, which would bump Maryland to fourth, just behind Michigan State. And if you if they finish that way, 65.27 would be 12th had it been last year. That's so not, surprising. That feels like a much higher rated class than 12th, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You feel like it should be, but you got to uh, go well, to see if that 2022 was an outlier. What about 2021? Um, in 2021, it would have been. Now, nah, same, same general. Yeah. yeah. 11th. Um, Maybe I'm just blown away by, you know, my perception is distorted by but, the recent results that we've let me let me well i i I think part of it too part of it too is like you know the way the the points are divvied out here and i think this is right um is that you know you could end up having a class where you get like the number 15 kid and number 22 kid and that class is going to be better than maryland's well and here's the other thing this is based on the composite score so i'm thinking in my head right right kaiser top 50 DHS top 40, but the comp- their composites are right around 100 because the other sites have them ranked so lowly. So when those update, I think both of them will go up. So exactly. Composites will go up in Maryland's class. Yep. I, I was going to say, I want to make one more adjustment. If you go to the composite, they're ranked 39 and 53. So no, that's 24 7, not composite. 24 7, yeah. Sorry, 24 7. Now, let's go to the composite, and who's 39 and 53? If they ended up that in the composite, so Isaiah Coleman and 
Caleb Glenn. So then let's do one more thing. We're going to take out Kaiser and Harris Smith, and we're going to add Isaiah Coleman. And what was his name? Something Glenn. Uh, Caleb Glenn, yeah. Caleb Glenn. Caleb Glenn. Caleb Glenn. Now we calculate. Ah, oh, now 67.79, now that which would be good for second. second. Currently, See, I told you. I, I, yeah, I knew that that, was, that, that made me sense. Okay, that would be second right now. Let's look at the 2022 final to see where the final rankings end up. It would still be in 2020. It would like be fifth. Sick. It would be so that makes six, more sense. Than just behind Texas. Yeah, be on number 12 class. Those guys oh, will six. both show up in the composite. ESPN is going to update soon. And I think Rivals is really close to doing an update too. Both those guys will rise, whether they go up to where they are in our rankings, I don't know, but they'll rise. And I honestly, I don't know why we, uh, we being 24 seven don't list. Uh, you can't toggle team rankings to 24 seven and composite, but I guess, you know, yeah. it, it is, so. I mean, it's a cool tool. I like, I, I, I think it's, I think it's big of 24 seven to have the composite and count other, you know, other, other rankings uh, the way that they do uh, yeah. like that. That's a helpful tool to me. Even if, you know, you do have some outliers that are kind of hurting. The toggle is pretty Maryland cool. In this case. Yeah. The toggle would be pretty cool. Okay. So I am going to stop sharing, but something you said earlier gave me another idea for a tweak on the site, Jeff, when you said, you said something about their value over the course of three years versus one. It reminded me of war in baseball. So you should mm-hmm. add a war or an equivalent of war to the players, which also estimates the number of years they'll be in college. And so this player is yeah. worth, that would be pretty cool. Are you anyone for a consulting job right now, Larry? Yeah. So the top well, players might be like five, six, seven wins they're worth or something in one year. But it's only the one year, and you got a guy who's 52 is going to be in three years, and he's worth four wins, so he's actually a 12 war as opposed to five or six. Eight. Yes, let's do that. Adams, Adam said he needed some, some nerds to help him do this stuff. I mean, I feel like you might just I, I'm be a the nerd. nerd. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. That would be a very cool addition. But you have cool. to be you have to be right about the number of years they played, which is a guess. But, but the predict the all the rest of it's a projection anyway. So yeah, it's projecting all just- how many years they're going to play is so hard. It's easy to say this guy's going to be one and done, but projecting between two and three years is, or four is freaking impossible. Yeah. Jamie so Kaiser could be a Maryland for two years or four easily. You know, you just guys like that in that range. It's easy to say on the top 10 guy. It'd in still be pretty fun. People will always ask, is he a two or a three? Like, but you can't, you can't quantify that. It's, you know, all right, Jeff, send an email after the show. Two updates. One, war, and based on a number of years as well. Two, a toggle switch on the class calculator to go back and forth between composite and 24-7 sport rankings. I'll send the toggle one. Let me think about the war one. I might get around to that one later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Any other basketball stuff? It's about it for now. Season's not starting for a while. We'll do some sort of season prediction. Show season kickoff in November. I don't even know if I want the season to start. I kind of enjoy this. This one, this off season, kind of just general <laughs> happiness. Yeah, you just want more 
more Just give me more projections. Hits. Yeah, give me the give me the easy stuff. I don't want I want them to play any games. In two Not days, bad. two days, gentlemen, two days. College football starts. It's not a good slate. I was checking it out. It's terrible. Oh, it's yeah. really bad. And I was like, oh man. But the game of the, the game of the week is like like Northwestern Indiana or something. And it, it's yeah. it's bad. It's gonna be like know. when you're it's gonna be like when you're a kid and you were trying to watch adult movies through the squiggly lines. Cinemax. But you know yes, what? I Just totally like when you that. were a kid, yes. I'm gonna do it because yes. I'm a sicko. Yeah. So yeah. it's a perfect, it's just, a perfect metaphor then. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska at Northwestern is the game, Paul. That's yeah, the biggest I, game. Nobody and, fucking wants to watch that, but I'll watch it. Charlotte also plays FAU, which may be of some small interest to Maryland fans because that'll be their second game. Fair enough, yeah. And then next Thursday, a week from tonight, a fairly decent slate. There's some cool games. West Virginia at Pitt, that's a – Blood rivalry. Yeah, backyard brawl week one. Yeah. I, I like that action. Pitt time in is a while, I think. ranked. Yeah. Uh, Penn State at Purdue next Thursday. That's obviously of interest to Maryland fans. We all know who Maryland fans will be pulling for in that one. Penn and State, there's, right? there's, yeah, there's some okay games on Friday. Not the biggest one next Friday is Illinois at Indiana. And then nine days from now, Buffalo at Maryland, 12 noon. Buffalo, we were just talking about, uh, uh, during the show prep, we were talking about tailgating, Jeff. And uh, for that game, we're going to do some live from the tailgate. We're going to stream live. You cool with that? Sure. We'll do uh, YouTube and maybe some TikToks. We can stream live to both from the tailgate. The noon starts a bit of a dagger, but yeah. uh, It'll be a very so many noon starts this year, man. It's a yeah. it's a killer. I mean, but it, you know, I, I think everybody will just be relieved and happy to be in the lot again. It'll be it'll be a little more chill than usual, but that's all right. Yeah. Hopefully, it's just a nice, easy, you know, fifty point win and no injuries and move right. on from there. Yeah, yeah Michigan State is their best bet to escape the noon, uh, that noon window. I think every game before then, I think is already set for noon, and that one's. To be determined. Well, they've got S- SMU is is at seven thirty, so that's a that's a home night game. So it, it's SMU, which honestly, you know, they're they're a pretty good team. It should be a fairly decent draw, but I, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of a lot of buzz around that. So SMU is such a random concept if you're a Maryland fan. Like, when have you yeah. ever heard anything about SMU except for Craig? Except Dane? for that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made a bet, hundred dollars on Maryland over five, five and a half wins. That's a good bet. Yeah, it's I. It, I get one seventy nine back. So. Uh, no, I I, th- I think oh, you I getting plus money, money on that. No, no, I make seventy nine, so it's not quite. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think. Say, wow, I, that's generous. I thought yeah. that there were some people saying that the line had bumped up to six in most places or six yeah. and a half. So like you must have caught it at the right time. Yeah. But um, I mean, again, it's it's the the doom of Maryland football in the Big Ten East that we're sitting here getting super excited about a senior, you know, borderline Heisman level quarterback, and we're just like, boy, let's hit that over five point five this year. Yeah, that was 
I feel pretty good about winning it. I also put 100 on the Ravens to win more than 10 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't want to talk about the NFL right now. I'm less confident about that, but I do think if they're healthy, they were very let's good. Ne- let's yeah. never talk about the NFL. Yeah. Ever. All right. Also in football, some pretty cool practice reports. And I know there's always the practice report curse or whatever, but lots of young players looking good, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a ton of them will play huge roles this year just because there's so many veterans on this team. I mean, you know, especially on offense, almost everybody came back. Um, among the freshmen, I think Jay Sean Barham is obviously, we've talked about him, no surprise. He was the highest rated recruit in the class, four-star linebacker. Uh, everybody says he's looked great. He has a chance to start, if not start, play a ton. And then the other linebacker who isn't quite as heralded, Caleb Wheatland, Caleb Wheatland uh, three-star kid has been impressing everybody. I think he's going to play a lot too. And then another another guy I wrote about actually yesterday, Octavian Smith, who was a four-star recruit from Paint Branch High School uh, in Burtonsville. You know, he has a chance to be their kick returner. Really dynamic kid. Most years would have a chance to play some decent reps at receiver this year. You know, with all those veteran receivers ahead of him, we'll see how much he plays. Um, but those those few guys, from what I've told, what I've been told, have really stood out. But you know, the good news for them is you don't have to rely on too many young guys this year because you know across both lines, at quarterback and receiver, you got just about everybody back. So, what about recruiting? Any thing of interest? Maybe coming up very soon? quiet lately. I mean, the class is up to I think the, it's at twenty commits right now. Are they going to get a four star ever? Uh, you would think so. I mean, it's really been slow by Mike Loxley's standards. There's the, you know, never NIL. Uh, yeah, there's never ending debate about how much NIL is part of that. They still haven't announced their NIL program. Um, I have no doubt he'll flip some guys late in the cycle, but they're at 20 right now. So there's probably, I think what I was told is they'll probably take five more high school kids. Uh, then maybe a few transfers, obviously, as always. But I mean, he'll get, I have no doubt he'll get four stars but you know it's really slowed down with the class filling up and quite honestly there's not a lot of there's not a long list of four-star guys who they're really involved with right now our predictions just to remind everybody for the season i had maryland at 6.22 wins jeff 6.62 paul 6.45 so all pretty close around six and a half which is exactly what ESPN has six and a First time in history, you've got the lowest prediction, I'm sure. I think I did last year, too. Wow, okay. Really? Huh. Yeah. He's, a homer, you- he's a homer until the numbers come out. Let's <laughs> go about that shit. That, well, you know, all the, uh, if, you, if you look at game by game, they'll be the favorite in seven games. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, Buffalo. Projections lately that have them at 5.5, and it's just it's hard to Buffalo, imagine. Charlotte, SMU. Yeah. Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, Rutgers. Rutgers. Seven. Yeah. Um, but the ones they're underdogs in, they're big underdogs. So they yeah. gotta knock off they gotta knock off a big one this year. Yeah. I think that's one, really get one scalp, you know, for once. Yep. You gotta get it like a top ten, top fifteen scalp, and they're yeah. gonna have plenty of chances. Um they just got to – they got to – that feels like the next step. Last year was like, let's go to a bowl game. They did. They went. They kicked in uh, Virginia Tech's ass. It was 
a whole lot of fun, worth the COVID case coming back from New York City. Um, but this year feels like it's like, all right, well, let's do that. But let's also let's knock off an Ohio State or at Wisconsin or do something with, that they shouldn't do. I think yeah. that's if you want to look at just a, a broader perspective um, in terms of growing the program, I feel like that's the step that has to happen this year. Paul, you'll be happy to know that because of my lack of sleep and lack of time to prepare, I was late asking our boy Wheels for a non-res report. Hmm. And I was so late that he was unable to do it. So we do not have a non-res report this week, although I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. There isn't. A lot of good. They're not stuff. even playing games yet. A lot of good. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> no, I think they're not. I think soccer plays their first game tonight, and I, I hope they do. Oh play. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Sasha. But all uh, right, there's nothing going on. So like, we don't need him yet. To end the show, I have Maryland Rankum for you guys. Going to list a give you guys a list of Maryland related items. You have to rank them based on some criteria. We'll start with Jeff. The likelihood of committing to Maryland. In 2023, in alphabetical order, Dibate, Jackson, Conte, Queen. Oh, that's good. Um, I'll say Diabate is one. You're going uh, to the highest, most likely. Yeah. I'm going to say Queen number two. Um, so yeah. that prediction we did. Where they end up sixth overall is coming. It's happening. It's possible. I'm not going to say it's happening, but it's 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 definitely out there. You know, right get a good shot. Ready I've been shot. told. I've been told if he goes to college, it's very likely Maryland. And most guys, when that buzz comes about them uh, reclassing, it always not always, but it usually happens. It's, it's, you know. So uh, and then who are the two other two? Jackson and Conte. Conte three, Jackson four. I think Jackson, I think you pretty much cross him off now. It's it's hard to get four guards in one class. But they could all play, though. <clears throat> What's that? They could all play together, the four they of them. could, but they're going to want to go somewhere where they know they're yeah, the yeah, guy. Yeah. They're going to have the ball in their hands all the time, especially him. He's a top 20 player now. He jumped 50 spots, 68 to number 18. So yeah. he's going to go somewhere where he can be the man. And yeah. he, can't, he can't be the man in Maryland. He just he can't. Be one well, the other thing, the, well, the other thing, guys, is uh, Anthony Cowan graduated only two years ago, so but we can't expect someone. Up. We can't expect somebody to come in and play point guard at Maryland after yeah. after that. Yeah. Paul, the likelihood of winning for the football team this season in an alphabetical order: Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Which ones are home? Is it? Uh, it's is it? Uh, and I actually just Michigan realized. My alphabetical order was wrong. Yeah, that was wrong, too. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. I think we have Michigan Michigan and Michigan State at home this year. I feel like we do. Uh, At Michigan, Michigan State's at home. Okay. Uh, It's going to be Michigan State. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Michigan just because of the Harbaugh factor. Penn State, Ohio State, because it's at home, and I just don't feel like we're ever going to win at a place like Camp Randall against Wisconsin. They're just it just feels like they're built to beat programs like Maryland no matter what. Okay. That's a little surprise at the end there, but yeah, I think that sounds pretty accurate. 
Jeff, the likelihood for the Maryland basketball season in 2022-23, under 500 in no postseason, participant in one of the minor season tournaments, bubble team that barely gets in, solid tournament team, or top five seed? Uh, I'm going to go the reverse order just because that's how my brain's working at the moment. Uh, top five seed is last. Under 500, fourth. Um, the other three were bubble, minor, minor tournament, and a solid tournament team. Yeah, so I'll say a solid tournament team is probably third most likely just because I'd be real worried about their depth. They have no bench, uh, at least unless some of these guys, you know, I shouldn't say they have no bench, but there's a lot of concerns there. Uh, Second would be minor tournament. First would be bubble team that that barely gets in. Cool. Like I said before, the starting lineup looks really good to me, but I'll take that. I'll take a tournament team this year. They have no bench until proven otherwise. Right. All right, Paul, likelihood for Tonga Vailoa's season, repeat of last year, contender for an All-Big Ten team, contender for All-American team, contender for Heisman. I would say um, I think he's got – I think the most likely um, would be contender for – Big 10 team only just because there's numbers um, then uh, contender for all American uh, then uh, same as last year, then uh, contender for Heisman. I think I agree. I think I agree. I mean, he's really, he's going to be a, a excellent college football quarterback. Just there are lots and lots of excellent college football quarterbacks. Yeah. And because he doesn't have a big NBA or NFL body and potential i'm not sure he'll get as much buzz and because maryland's not going to be 11 and one like right exactly not a blue blood marketing machine yeah 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 that's all i got for you guys good show adam finkelstein finkelstein Finkelstein. he was very good we got to have him back that was that was excellent that was really cool and if anybody's still watching some people are still watching and anybody listening on the show later on if you guys want to give him a follow on Twitter, that'd be great. It's just at Adam Finkelstein, so easy to find him there. Um, Take a nap, Larry. Yeah. And then I think we're going to try for next week because we're hoping for a certain guest. If we can just make the timing work out. And then it's season time. So Yeah, we're going to be every week for football, uh, barn schedule and life problems <laughs> which we we yeah. seem to run into all the time but uh you know we'll we'll, we'll try that's yeah. that's the best you best you can ask for us yeah everybody still listen please give us a, a follow on youtube if you don't mind and like the show and all those kind of things thank you for that in advance thanks to adam Finkelstein for joining us we'll see you guys next week this is ims radio